0: It's the Stinkin' Truth podcast with Mark Schlereth, presented by Sweet Sweat. Hey, welcome into the Stinkin' Truth podcast, uh, Mark Schlereth, alongside Mike, Evan, Scott, The Huff, produced the show. Want to thank our presenting sponsor, the great folks over at Sweet Sweat. For all your workout needs, whether it's your home workout equipment, the bands, all the things they have, for exercise equipment. Also, all their nutritional supplements have been taking their pre- and post-workouts. I'm telling you what, uh, tingly, Mike. Makes me tingly. Tingly. Yeah, it makes me tingly when I use them before. It gives me energy, and I'm ready to roll, and I've been ripping up the gym, as you can probably tell by taking one look at me. You are yoked. Yes, magnificent is what I am. It's all thanks uh, to my folks, uh, my friends over at Sweet Sweat. Check them out at SweetSweat.com, at SweetSweat on all your social media feeds. So uh, how much energy have you been expending following this uh, college football will-they-or-won't-they-play story? Well, I mean, you know, to a degree, I've been following a lot of the guys like Joel Klatt, who I thought was tremendous yesterday, um, covering the college football scenario. Um, I, you know... I'm Here's the here's the thing. Like if I were putting like if I were divvying up the pie of why conferences and why presidents and why athletic directors don't want to play, I I would this is how I would divvy up the pie. Um the safety of the players is dead last. Yeah. Sorry. I just laugh at the absurdity of that, but you're right. Yeah. Right. All right. I think it's I think it's revenue, the money that that they're going to lose by not playing because you think of college football it's not like the NFL their revenue a lot of their revenue comes from ticket sales from you know Saturdays an event right from from tailgating and concessions and parking and gate revenue and uh and and merchandise sales and all that so that's that's a big part of how they make their money Ohio State made 35 million in ticket revenue last year just uh, that, that just ticket revenue So, I mean, you got to understand, these stadiums like Ohio State or Michigan, they seat 100,000 people, you know? So you're making a boatload of money just in the ticket revenue aspect of what you do. So I think that's the number one thing, right? Then the liability. Like, the liability of what if we have a player, even if he signs a consent, even if his parents sign a consent, and we find out later on down the road... That he had some pre-existing condition. Maybe we didn't. Even, maybe we knew about it. Maybe we didn't know about it. But let's say there's a complication. He gets COVID, and there's a complication based upon that pre-existing uh, condition. And said player either has you know life-threatening issues or dies or whatever. God forbid. You know whatever the case may be. Like even if you sign a waiver, are you still liable for that particular student, for that particular player, and I think they're worried about the liability of of that. I think the third thing they're worried about above player safety is unionization of players. I think they're concerned about that and that this gives them more momentum, more collective momentum to get together and say, hey, guys, you know what? We want a piece of the pie. You guys are making a shit ton of money off of us and we want a piece of that. They've already won court battles of likeness and everything else, right? So I think that's part of, of what goes on. And then player safety becomes the last thing. You know, it's it's funny. You and I live in Denver, Colorado. And we just watched um, we just watched the Mountain West Conference cancel their football season. Right? Colorado State, Wyoming, Wyoming Air Force. Yep. Now, at the same time, they're bringing kids back to school at Colorado State. Football program has been canceled. But kids are going back to school. So, my question to you is Mike, okay, let's say you're an average Joe student you're in the dorms and somebody gets COVID, they're asymptomatic and they spread it throughout that whole dorm. And somebody has a pre existing condition in that dorm, they're a freshman, girl or boy, and um, they get incredibly sick, they have a pre existing condition, and God forbid something tragic happens and they die. Okay? Wait a minute now. If I'm a parent, I'm going, whoa, 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 whoa. It was too dangerous to play football and to bring the football players back to this university, but my daughter or my son, it was okay to risk their lives? Do you not have the same liability issue? Like, come on. I mean, I I, I, just I look at how it plays out. It's about money. It's, it's uh, yeah, about yeah, the it's money they're going to lose. It's such a snake pit. It's such a snake pit of this could happen, that could happen. It could lead to this. It could lead to that. Right. And above all of it is the money we're, we're bleeding. Mm-hmm. It's just easier to shut it down. Yeah. So that's college football's problem. How's the NFL handle all this? Oh, dude. How do they – because they've got the greatest minor league system ever created. College football just preps these guys for the pros. They mm-hmm. do all the work, and the NFL reaps the benefit. The NFL doesn't have to have minor leagues. College football does it for So how how do they react to what's happening with college football? Well, as of right now, like the NFL has been so Teflon. And they're fixing, you know, to, to kick this season off in a month. September the 10th, Thursday night. That's the opening game of the season. The opening weekend is the 13th. Okay. But if you think they're not ready to shift games to Saturday and take over that college football slot that we've grown so accustomed to, come on—the NFL is primed and ready to make that adjustment. Vultures, I mean, uh, you talk about. You talk about. I don't know if it's just good clean living or living right or just being in the right place at the right time. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's the insatiable appetite for NFL football that. Uh, That it doesn't matter what they do, it just seems to work out. But could can you imagine? I mean, you would dominate Thursday night. You would dominate Saturday. You would dominate Sunday. You dominate Monday. Wait a minute, you left out a day because a lot of high schools aren't playing football in the fall. Friday Night Lights. Oh, you're saying moving ain't happening. Why not Friday night? Friday Night Lights. From in the NFL. Are you kidding me? Marketing dream. The NFL under the lights Friday night. So you'd have a Thursday. Go Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. The All but a couple days a week. You, what if you just pushed the Thursday night game to Friday night? Could do that. Players would like that. Yeah. Give you an extra day sure. of prep. Sure. Absolutely. You're right. They're ready to pounce. Oh, my God. And they'll reap the benefits. Now, what about. The draft and the combine. If if there is a lot of spring football, okay, does that throw a wrench into things for the NFL? Does does finally we get an example of wow the NFL doesn't get what what they what they want that they don't get their way? I don't like. I literally don't think it matters. <laughs> I mean, so if you're playing spring football. You still know who the good players are. There's a bunch of guys that aren't going to play, right? There's a bunch of stars that know that they're gonna be first round picks regardless if they sit out or if they play, that are still gonna be first round picks whether they set out or play. We saw that with uh, Nick Bosa, right? He set out, his he still was one of the top players taken. So I think there's still gonna be that that's still gonna be a part of of what goes on. They say the last day to to do the draft is June 2nd, second, I believe. Yeah. What's what's I mean, it's the NFL. They can create their next last day, right? They exactly. say, hey, we decided that June 2nd wasn't going to work for us. We're going to push it back to July 2nd and do their draft, and then you go rolling right into camp afterwards. Yeah. I mean, they don't have any issue with that. And you're right, though. If if I'm a college football player that is projected to go in the top three rounds, mm-hmm. I'm not playing college football in the spring. No. Heck No. I'm just going to work out. I'm going to get ready. I'm going to get a trainer. I'm going to prep, go to the combine, kick some ass, do my interviews. I'm I'm in full draft prep mode. Right. And hey, if you know good old State U's playing college football, good luck to you. But I'm not risking it. You you think about this is how this would work if this was Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow would be a seventh round pick. Sixth-round pick. If this happened to Joe Burrow before, before his senior— Because remember, right? I mean, here's a guy that went to Ohio State, got didn't get the playing time he wanted, yep. went to LSU, was fairly average his junior year, right? Yep. And then all of a sudden had the greatest college football season in the history of college football. If this is Joe Burrow, he'd either have to play in the spring or take his chances being a sixth or seventh-round pick. Great point. But— so, I mean, that's... but guys like Joe Burrow, those are the exceptions to the, to right. the rule. It's more, hey, if you are Trevor Lawrence, are you going to go play for Clemson in the spring? Yeah. Hell no. You can't see. Here is the thing about playing. If you if you move the season to the spring, like, all right, so I am going to play all spring long, right? And then what? I am going to go into the draft, and I am going to have two weeks off. and I am going to go right into a sixteen, seventeen game schedule. I mean, it's. It's, that's ludicrous to ask a like you're asking for your body to just to break down and you to be very average. I just don't think you can do that. So once again the NFL will get exactly what they want on their terms. Yeah. Because they know darn well these players they're not gonna play in the spring. I don't know how I, I mean that doesn't you gotta be you you gotta be one, you gotta be an underclassman to play in the spring, right? Yeah. 'Cause you're gonna play if you're an underclassman. Sure. So it's a great opportunity sure. for you. Right. Because you're gonna get playing time right. and you're gonna get to start and you're gonna do de- but yeah, if, you're, well, a if guy, you're a senior that just you're like, I don't you know, I I I'm either right not gonna get drafted or I'm gonna be a late round pick, so I might as well play and try to improve my stock. Right. 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 If you're yeah, if you're that guy, but if you like you said, if you're a top three round guy, I don't think there's any benefit to playing None. in the spring. None. Uh, let's bounce around some uh, some other topics uh, going around the NFL. Still making news here during camp. Julian Edelman, or as you like to call him. Jules. Jules. Yeah. Talking the other day about, hey, yeah, I, I got a great relationship with Tom Brady. He's my guy. He's my boo. Mm-hmm. But this, this league is like a, this league, this train, it doesn't slow down for anybody. It keeps moving on. It'll move on after I'm gone. So I got to adjust. We got to adjust. Cam's here. Right, he's had a lot of nice things to say about Cam. I mean, do do you really think this? I mean, first of all, is Julian Edelman going to enjoy this anywhere near the same connection with Cam Newton that he's enjoyed with uh, TB12? Um. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a good. Uh, I don't think so, but again, I don't know that. I mean i I would imagine. Like, first off, when you see Cam Newton, Cam Newton is a specimen. Like, he is a freak show, 6'5", 250, and just chiseled from a piece of granite. So he's a specimen, and there is no question about his arm talent, just his talent overall. So the guy is a the guy is a, a freak of nature specimen. And I um you know, I appreciate that aspect about who he is and, and what he's been able to do. So um, you know, there's always gonna be great respect and great awe, and players, you know, players just respect players. They respect their work ethic, they respect all that kind of stuff, right? So I, I think there's always going to be that. And they have a skill set or he has a skill set that Tom Brady frankly doesn't have. And it's that athleticism. And it opens up a whole nother aspect to your playbook. So, like, I, I think all those things for any player are intriguing, like, oh my gosh. Um, you know, I mean, this is, this is pretty, this is pretty cool. And you think about the, the zone read stuff and the, the keep stuff and the get outside the formation stuff, all the things, um, that, that Cam Newton can do, right? Like that, that Tom Brady couldn't, (laughs) I think that, I think that for any player is exciting. It's not that you don't miss Tom Brady and that you don't think he's still the GOAT. But this is this is new. This is exciting. It's like Tom Brady said, I have to relearn the playbook. There's there's some energy to that. There's some energy to having somebody with um with a different skill set. Well, part of the reason why I'm sure Edelman, excuse me, Jules, Jules is uh is just fine with Cam is of course he's gonna see the rock. Look, I'm looking at last year. Julian Edelman stink yes. was targeted. 153 times. Okay? Mhm. 153. Keep that number in mind. These are the other target numbers for Patriot receivers. Philip Dorset, 54. Um Myers, Jacoby Myers, 53. Let me keep going here. Um No, excuse me, Jacoby Myers 41 targets. Josh Gordon, 36. Mohamed Sanu, 47. Nikhil Harry, 24. Gunnar Olchewski, 4. I mean, the 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 staggering lack. Yeah. I, I can't blame Tom Brady for being as pissed as he was last year. I mean, look at he had nobody. No yeah. wonder he's licking his chops in Tampa. Oh my god! An embarrassment of riches compared to what hey you know, I used to say this. You know, with your your old old coach, Mike Shanahan, by the end of his run in Denver, Mike Shanahan, the GM, was letting down Mike Shanahan, the coach. Last year, Bill Belichick, the GM, let down Bill Belichick, the coach. Bill Belichick, the GM, let down Tom Brady, the quarterback. Well, yeah, they didn't have, like, from a talent standpoint, Pierce talent standpoint, and putting that together, it really didn't work. And, you know, obviously, um, this opens up. Like, a Cam Newton thing opens things up for – for the rest of that offense. He he takes, he creates, like, he'll create issues for a defense that didn't exist with Tom Brady. And so it'll be interesting to see exactly how they use it. I, I got to ask you a question. Um, simply a, an off-topic question here, but uh, I thought about this as we were talking. Deion Sanders and the heat Deion Sanders took about the tweet that he put out about COVID nineteen and players opting out. I'm going to read it to you. Okay. And I just want—I haven't heard your, this, so I'm, okay, great. I, I get what your first initial, reaction? Cause, okay, so let me just give you the scenario. I'm sitting around this weekend, and I see a bunch of people reacting like Deion Sanders is off base. Deion Sanders is this. Deion Sanders is. And I'm like, ooh, what did Deion Sanders say? Well, let me read to you what he said, and I just want your initial reaction because you haven't heard it. All players, this is Deion Sanders, and I quote, all players opting out in all sports, please believe the game will go on without you. This is a business, and you don't ever forget that. There is no one that's bigger than this game itself. Only the refs, umps, and officials are that important to the game that you can't play without them. Not you. Hashtag truth. Okay? And that received a ton of criticism. Well, your your my my first reaction to hearing that is it it it, it kind of sounds like he's taking a slam at the guys that have opted out. Like, okay, you want to do that? Okay, game marches on without you. It's like we just talked about what Edelman said, right? NFL's a train; it's going to keep rolling. So, yeah, I think he's kind of is he kind of shaming? It sounds to me like he's almost kind of shaming the guys that are. Opting out. I just thought he threw a truth bomb out there. Well, it was there. truthful, but he's yeah. kind of shaming him still in the process. I, I see. I didn't. I didn't read it like that at all. I saw all the people who had controversy and Deion Sanders. He can't. You shouldn't say that. I, like I, I don't see him saying, "Hey, you know, if you opt out, you're a wussy." And um, I don't see. I don't read it that no, way at all. But he did basically say, "Hey, all right, if you want to, don't let the door hit you on the way out because we're going to move on." That's how the NFL works. I know so. it's true, but it's right. But should you be? That he's being honest, but should you be that honest and blunt to the point where it comes across almost as a bit callous? Like, hey, you made this decision. So okay. you ha- but understand that there's a you know, there's a consequence so to it. The league's gonna move on without you. Being truthful and honest is not it's not okay if I mean if it's blunt, being truthful and honest, we should sugarcoat it because we've got so many snowflakes we're, we're walking around right now that they can't handle the truth. The truth is this the league has never slowed down for one second because Joe Montana or or, or you know Peyton Manning or, or one of these elite players yep. could no longer play. Right? They don't give a shit. Yep. Patrick Mahomes steps up and takes your place. Yeah. Yep. That's the way. It, that's the way it works. You know. It, it's interesting. As a as a member of the Washington football team, <laughs> see what you did there. Yeah. As a member of the Washington football team, I was a Pro Bowl player in '91 and '92. Right. Won a Super Bowl. Played hurt all of 92. I mean, didn't practice one day. Started all 16 games. And you know what they told me? Oh, you're a freaking warrior. Toughest guy. Oh, war. I mean, just uh, what you're doing. Mm. Uh. Mm. Then I come in in 93. I'm not playing very well. I'm overcoming injuries. And I get really sick with Guillain-Barre syndrome. Right? Lose all the feeling of my arms and legs for... Several months, four or five months. I mean, just very, very sick. Didn't know if I'd ever play again. Friday, the the 1994 Friday before the first game of the season on Sunday, I'm starting at right guard. We get done with Friday practice. I get called up to the general manager's office. Oh, hey, by the way, sign this. It's the new contract with what we're going to pay you. And if you don't sign it, we're cutting you on Sunday after the game, after you start the game. Oh, I assume you're getting a pay raise for your warrior-type tendency. No, 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 no. I was getting a pay reduction (laughs) because they decided that they weren't going to pay me that anymore. So, Deion Sanders, I read that, and I was just like, I don't have any issue with that. He's 100% right. It's the harsh reality of the truth. And listen, it's your prerogative. If you feel unsafe. But wouldn't it be better if he he include that? Look, hey, listen, I just want everyone to know. I I completely respect your decision to opt out. Right. And I'm I'm not second-guessing your decision to opt out. But just understand, you know, the league's going to be able to be fine without you. Then I think you're at least showing a little bit more... Empathy. Well, that but, he but, said in his tweet. Here's the well. Here's the problem, though, is that you know we need to, you know, we need to have our our bottoms wiped and and put talcum powder on our butt cracks. You know, I mean. So like are you the, are you implying that some of these guys who are opting out are not exactly opting out for the right? No, 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 reasons? no not at all. I'm 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 implying that a, a lot of the people in the media and a lot of people who read that tweet that were offended by it don't really realize how it how the league really operates. I mean, it is one hundred percent of business, and it's your prerogative to opt out. If your wife is pregnant, or you're, you know, you just had a newborn, or you have somebody in your family, I completely get that, and you're you're welcome to do it. The reality is, is that remember, the league's going to march on, and guess what? Just like Wally Pip, you leave your mitt at first base, and Lou Gehrig happens to pick it up. Guess what? You never get to play again. And that's how this league works. Hey man, listen, all power to guys who have opted out, guys who are trying to take care of their families, guys who are, are you know, are putting their families quote unquote first, you know, because of a, a situation in their home. But just understand this. If the person who replaces you is better than you, you won't play again for that organization. That's the way it works. Well, <laughs> lightening it up a little bit. Uh, apparently Adrian Peterson understands that because he's just determined never to leave yeah <laughs> Adrian Peterson is going to play forever in fact he came out this week and says it is still his goal to pass Emmett Smith as the NFL's all-time leading rusher now to do this uh he would have to average over a little over a uh, thousand yards a season for the next four years right or about 1300 yards for the next three. Yeah, I, uh, I'm going to say that's a hard no for me. Hard no? <laughs> yeah. Not going to happen? I, I don't. Now, he's the one dude that that is such a freak of nature that he might he might could Frank Gorham and do it, but I don't. Like, it's hard for me to imagine. Now, there's two things that are hard for me to imagine. In a day and age where how many bell cow backs are there in this league? Like, guys that are just a bell – besides – Henry in Tennessee. Who else? Just the traditional give it to him thirty times. You get stronger as the game goes yeah, along. I mean, I mean, Leonard Fournette a little bit. But, li- but literally who it's really Derrick Henry. Right. There's there's really I can't think of anybody who has a run game they rely on one dude. Just that you're gonna be our guy. Like other than Derrick Henry. See, here's the problem for Adrian Peterson. He's 35. Uh huh. Okay, but even even if you even if okay, all right. What if he's 35, but he's becoming off a string of you know really good seasons? Even if he was coming off a string of really good seasons at age 35, you'd be like, come on, he's on borrowed time. But this is a guy who's 35, who has had 1,000 yard season in the last what uh, one, two, three, four years? Right. He had 898 yards last year. He had 1,042 the year before that. But then it was uh, uh, a shade over 500. He only played three games in 2016. I mean, you know, come on, this is this is asking a lot. It's a, yeah, it's a ton. And I think that the other thing is is you know we've we've developed ourselves into a league. Like Adrian Pierce has never been great blitz, blitz pickup or great catching the ball out of the backfield. That's not his his style. So he's become. You know, really, he's become a kind of a first down, two down back. He's never really been a great third down back. He was in there because he was just such an exceptional player. But like, he's in a situation now <clears throat> where he's going to have to share carries. I just don't. I just don't think that's his deal. So, can he play till forty four? Then maybe he can get another four thousand yards. I just don't think he's going to do it from thirty five. I don't think he's going to do it over the – to average 1,000-plus yards over the next—I think he needs 4,100 and change. Yeah. To average over 1,000 yards for the next four years, in a row, I just don't—I I can't see that happen. Hey, while we're on the subject of uh, veteran players, Jason Witten talked yesterday for the first time about being a Raider. Yeah. And, you know, I I, I know the, the two sometimes are mutually exclusive, the Raiders and, and doing smart things, but this just seems like a really good pickup. For the Raiders, a guy that mm. can still play, yeah, who gets to sort of have some of the pressure taken off because he's going to be complimenting Darren Waller, and you know, for for a Raider team that has struggled to really kind of find that winning type culture, boy, here's a guy that I think brings ex- instant credibility the moment he walks into the room. I mean, no, it, yeah. Isn't that like a, just a, a really good solid move? Knowledge of the game, understanding of the game. Um, just the the just the level of the level of football knowledge that he can impart to younger players offensive linemen wide receivers the other tight ends darren waller has become a star in this league that a lot of people don't know um darren waller is a really complete player he'll he's not he's a willing participant in the blocking game he will knock people around he is a great receiver. He is a mismatch nightmare. And then you put Jason Witten in there, who still gets open, who still finds soft spots in zones, who still understands how to run routes, um, has always been a vastly underrated – he was always so good catching the ball that people didn't realize how good he was blocking. He was a – back in the day, man, lead ISO. Jason Witten was the guy that was running the lead ISO stuff. He was exceptional, both in line, out of the backfield – He's a really good player. I yeah, I think it's a gra- I think it's a great pickup for them. You want to talk about controlling the middle of the football field with two tight ends and opening up the outside edge. You I mean you drafted the world's fastest human, right? Sure. And what's that cat's name out of Alabama? Henry Ruggs. Yeah, Henry Ruggs. And um and Williams, although he was hurt last year, is a good receiver on the other side. Like I think the Raiders I think the Raiders have a chance to be pretty Legitimate on offense this yeah. year. Yeah, I really Derrick, do. Derek Carr talks about how he doesn't get enough respect. Well, you could do something about that. Yeah. Have a good year. But in fairness to Carr, I don't think he's had anybody to work with. Now all of a sudden, you know, you got Waller, Witten, Williams, you've Ruggs. Been in, you've been in the same system. Renfro. For, yeah. Um, Josh Jacobs is your running back. I mean, there's really. Arguably the best offensive line in football or one of. So, you know what? You want respect? Here you go. It's, it's it's there. In front, for you. It's in front for you. Yeah, it is really. It is really right there for you. And you know what? I think he's actually going to have a good year. I do too. I think. I, I hate to say it, but I think the Raiders are going to be formidable. Like, I don't think they're like I don't, playoff formidable. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like second best team in the West behind Kansas City. Formidable. Yeah. Oof. Oof. Yeah. It Get ready, Raider it, that Nation. Does not roll off the tongue Get ready. really easy. Rocks are going to start rolling over, and here comes Raider Nation. I know it. Get exactly. ready, America. I know. They're just going to be all dressed. to the, Like they like they hadn't gone anywhere for the last three decades. Right. Like they've been right at the top. Oh, yeah. They've acted that way. I know. That's how they operate. And now they may actually have legitimate reasons to be loud and proud. Yeah. <sighs> wow. 2020, man. It just keeps getting worse. Right? Right. <laughs> It all started with the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. That's what I blame. Now, I blame the whole uh, shit show that is 2020 on the Chiefs. When, thank you. you know, remember when you could just rely on the Chiefs being September, darlings? Yeah. They're going to be really good. You they know, get, the get the off to that fast gonna, start and Kansas yeah. City fan be all excited. Right. And, and then they were just going to roll over in the playoffs. Right. Then they go and win the Super Bowl yep. and create this havoc that is 2020. Right. I blame the Chiefs. Absolutely. I don't think it's a coincidence. No, nope, <laughs> <Nope>. it's not. <laughs> hey, for everybody involved in the Stinky Truth podcast, even the Chiefs, yep. we thank you for listening. Uh, I'd like to thank our presenting sponsor, the great folks over at Sweet Sweat. Please check them out at sweetsweat.com. For Mike, I'm Mark. For Scott, we thank you for listening. We'll be back with you later in the week.